again Corby on Sea and welcome to Outside Time with your host Stephanie Wayne. Before we begin, I just wanted to apologize to everyone for my outburst last week. I asked certain questions that weren't very helpful and generally got a bit ranty and probably sounded a bit crazy. I was thrown by someone from my past calling and bringing up a lot of things I didn't really want to think about and It got to me more than it should have. But I'm very much over it now. I know that you've come to expect a level of professionalism from this show and it's something that I expect from myself. By letting my feelings get the best of me, I've let you, my dear audience, down. And I've let myself down too. And for that, I want to say how sorry I am. It won't happen again. Right. Well, now that's out of the way, let's move on to a quick word from our sponsor, shall we? Back in a mo. Can't decide what to do with your day? Sounds like a bit of a puzzle. That's it. It's the newest and oldest trend. Did you know people have been doing puzzles since way back in the 1760s? And they're still cool today. So what are you waiting for? Head over to poppiespuzz.com to become one of the Puzz Pals today. Puzzles delivered directly to your door on a bi-weekly basis. Each puzzle has a completely original and exciting new image. No matter what you hear, this is a totally family-friendly company. Head over to poppiespuzz.com now. That's P-O-P-P-Y-S-P-U-Z-Z.com. This is a public service announcement. Do you live in a ground floor flat or a house that has a ground floor? If so, please ensure that your windows are firmly shut at all times. If for any reason you urgently need to open a window on the ground floor, make sure this is during daylight hours and move any people or pets away from the window, particularly parrots in cages or elderly people in rocking chairs. Thank you for your cooperation. We are in this together. Stay safe. Stay at home. Just stay away from the windows on the ground floor. Excellent. So, talking of parrots, we've had a number of calls letting us know about pets who disappeared last week and then returned this week. That includes an African grey parrot and Cardinal the Pug, both of whom were mentioned last week, as regular listeners will know. They're both fine, I'm told, thriving even, back with their owners, The parrots, going by the name of Arnie, though, which is quite a change from Chanel. Also, it's now male, but otherwise, I'm told, very much the same parrot. So, let's see what today's letter has in store for us. And this one is from the lovely Greg. Stephanie! Hi! Greg? Here? (laughs) 
I don't think we've actually ever met, but I know you know Tanya, who is friends with Mike, who is actually my cousin Sheila's boss. So, you know, small world. <laughs> How's your lockdown going? <laughs> it's a weird one, isn't it? A lot of me time, all of a sudden, really time to get, get to know myself. <laughs> Certainly more time getting to know myself than ever before. I'm suddenly aware of how many mirrors there are in the house. I'm so sick of looking at my own face. <laughs> what I would give just to look into the eyes of someone else. <laughs> it's good, though, I suppose. I was always quite a self-conscious person, but I think that all this time has really taught me how to love myself. I'm really taking myself in hand and moulding myself into the man I've always wanted to be, you know? Scrubbing away the things I don't like about myself, getting a grip. <laughs> I just look in the mirror and say, I love you. This was great at first. It was enough to keep me occupied, but I think the loneliness is beginning to get to me a bit. All this self-improvement and exercise can only take me so far now. I need something else. Human contact is the key, I think. Physical human contact. Physical skin-to-skin -skin human contact. Anyone out there isolating alone will know exactly where I'm coming from and will surely understand the struggle the wrestle that you have with yourself just while imagining and visualising and fantasising about that skin to skin. Sorry. In the early days of lockdown, I heard lots of people talking about maybe getting pets, but I, for one, am not comfortable with the idea of an animal watching me. Plus, I mean, with all the pets going missing now anyway... The internet was good for a while, good to stave off the loneliness, but then I ran out. I think I've watched it all. Even the really weird stuff, Stephanie. Even the stuff where, you know, after it's over, you just sit there and you think, what have I become? And why did it work for me? What does that say about me? You know, I've watched it all. I sometimes wonder if there are others who feel the same as me. I've hung a sign on my door. It's just a little kitschy, um, we're open sign. It's sort of in the style of an Italian deli or, or cute cafe. But I don't think anyone is taking it seriously. And I definitely haven't seen any other signs like mine while I've been on my walk. Is it worth the risk? What is risk? Maybe if we knew what the risk was, I could assess and then decide, because we're all humans. We are built for affection, touch, desire, reproduction, biology, skin, soft skin and hair and lips and curves and warmth and heat and looking into eyes and sighing and Anyway, I'm calling to ask you for some advice. What do you do to not feel so lonely? 
What do you do to feel good? You've already been so helpful to me, Stephanie. I find your voice very comforting, very soothing, very warm. The way you introduce those calls like an invitation. An invitation for someone else to join you in that booth just for a moment. It's like you're saying, hey, caller, I want your voice in my ear now. Speak to me. Bards help too, so I've started combining the two. I run myself a bath before your show. I take off all my clothes, climb in and let the warm water rise over my skin as you're introducing the show. I imagine your words are the water, your voice, your hands, all over my body. Then as you talk, one thing leads to another, and, well, look, Stephanie, all I'm saying is that when lockdown is over, people are probably going to be a little freaked out by how strong I am in one arm, and all I want is to hear you say my name. I'll be in the bath, waiting for you to introduce this call, and I'll be... Oh, right. Was that the end of the call? No. You cut it off, did you? Out of concern for me... He's pointing at his watch. Oh, out of concern for the watershed. Ah, uh, I see. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? Priorities. Also, good to know you don't actually listen to the whole call in advance. Reassuring. OK. Thanks for that, Greg. Sorry, I, I do just have to point out that Simon is blushing. He's gone actually quite a concerning shade of red. Are you OK? He's fine. Good. So, Tanya is a friend of mine. Yes. Hi, Tanya, if you're listening. I haven't met everyone that Tanya knows, so obviously I don't know Mike, let alone your cousin Sheila, Greg. Funny story about Tanya, actually, and I don't think she'd mind me sharing this because she told our book group and we did have a good laugh over it on Zoom. Uh, so Tanya's single and she was on one of these dating apps. She met this guy on one of them. I can't remember his name. Let's call him Charlie, something like that. Anyway, they had been talking for a while and they were both in a state of frustration, shall we say. Uh, they were having quite heated conversations and uh, these escalated to the point where they decided that he should come over for a visit. Is this okay? Pre-watershed? Seems to be okay. So they decided that he would come to hers and he was this perfect guy, according to her. Terribly handsome and funny and it felt like they had known each other forever and in normal circumstances they would have gone to a bar or something, you know? A normal date type situation but with things as they are, obviously that wasn't a possibility. So instead he was planning on coming to hers and Tanya shaved her legs for the first time in two months or whatever and she put something nice on, did her makeup, you know, generally made an effort, as you do. And she made this really nice meal for the two of them. He texted just before he was leaving and he was walking over to hers. This was in the evening around 
nine o'clock, I think, after dark anyway, certainly after the sun had gone down. And uh, he said he'd be there in 15 minutes. And Tanya's waiting. And 15 minutes comes and goes. And she's thinking, oh, well, he underestimated how long it takes to walk. But then another 15 minutes goes by and then half an hour. And she's trying to keep the food warm in the oven. But now it's not going to be as nice. So she's a bit pissed off. She texts him, trying to remain lighthearted, something like, everything okay? You're not lost, are you? Lol. And there's no response. Another half an hour goes by and she's starving by this point. So she texts again and says, are you still coming? I'm going to eat without you. I'm starving. Just get here when you can. Again, no response. So she eats the food has a glass of wine. It's an hour and a half now since he set off and she doesn't know what to do. So she texts again saying, are you still coming over? No response. So she drinks the rest of the bottle and goes to bed. I mean, that's the end of the story. I don't know, it was it was funnier when she told it, I think. Very self-deprecating. But the point is that she never heard from him again. And we told her that it was obviously a catfish. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's when someone makes up a fake persona on the internet and uses someone else's pictures. She did some stalking, though, and she did find out that he had a LinkedIn profile and stuff. So I suppose he'd gone to quite a lot of effort to catfish her. It worked, though, didn't it? I don't know why people do it. They must get something out of it. Anyway, sorry, Tanya, if you didn't want me to share that story. It's out there now. <laughs> Whoops. The moral of the story, though, I think, is... Don't go and meet someone for sex because it's not allowed and they might be a catfish. Or they might be Greg. Which leads us neatly into today's song, which is... Thank you. Oh, very good. Uh, this one's called Celibacy Dub, in brackets, Two is a Crowd, colon, Lockdown Remix. Uncertain times, self-release is heavily implied It's not illegal and good for your health Please follow the rules and be good to yourself Promiscuous actions are not allowed Alone is better Two is a crowd in these uncertain times By staying indoors you're saving lives
now's the time to play your part Sacrifices must be made Refrain from seeing anyone And remember to just abstain Times are tough, but this is crucial Promiscuous actions are not allowed Alone is better, two is a crowd there about the social utility of self-abuse. I don't really like talking about my personal life on this show, but I do live alone. And uh, before he got a bit overexcited, Greg did have a question that has probably been on a lot of our minds. Those of us who live alone. Perhaps even those of us who live with other people. What do you do to feel less alone? Well... For me, it's very important to know that there are other people out there who are interested in what I have to say. That they're listening. That they're looking forward to the show. Calling in. Sharing their own views. It's a way that I can feel part of something. I can imagine my voice in your home now. Not you, Greg. I'm not imagining that. Sorry. And it makes me feel like I'm with you. Like I'm there. I felt all this before, too, when we could go outside, when I could meet people, friends, you know, go to the pub, to a restaurant. Not that I did that all that often. Sometimes. It was nice to have the option, I think. To know it was there, even if I didn't really do it. The thing is, I... I don't know how to put this without sounding weird, but I... I don't always like it when people talk back to me. You know, live, physically present. They interrupt. I mean, men more, of course, but women do too. They interrupt, they talk over you, and a lot of the time you can sort of tell that they don't really want to listen to what you've got to say in the first place. They're just waiting for their turn to speak. And I'm probably just doing the same. This way, I can just talk uninterrupted. Like this. Like with you. Exactly. I do think, if we're honest, we all prefer this. 
I'm not talking about the physical stuff, that's a whole different matter, but conversations. I just think they've evolved. We can be a bit more in control now, which is nice. So, yes, I do feel alone sometimes, but it doesn't really get me down. I just sort of accept it, I suppose. Look at the positives. The freedom that being alone gives you. I hope that makes sense, to some of you at least. Provides a bit of comfort. I don't know. So, next week, we'll be having a lockdown culinary episode. How are you coping with the shortages of beef, butter and milk? I know you're a resourceful bunch, so... How have you adapted your favourite recipes? Get your recipe tips over to us and we're going to try to share as many as possible. Really tap into the wealth of culinary expertise that Corbion Sea is famous for. I can't wait. And the hat is going on again. It's actually a Panama type thing today. Which is my cue to thank you for listening and to remind you to tune in this time next week for all those delicious recipes and hopefully contribute your own except you greg you're banned i have been stephanie wayne you have been a gloriously receptive audience i'm sure and this has been outside time coming to you from beautiful corbion sea until next time stay inside and stay safe The People Outside was created by William Drew, Laura McGrady, Kieran Lucas, Helen Duff, Charles Craggs and Hannah Louise Batt. Episode 3 was written by William Drew and Laura McGrady. Stephanie was played by Helen Duff, Greg was played by Joe Boylan, Poppy was played by Elf Lyons, The Government was played by Tom Lyle. Original song by Charles Craggs and Kieran Lucas, sound by Kieran Lucas.